Welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. You know it by now. He is Big Chris Newton, and I'm Jamie D'Amico. We come at you every other week in the offseason, every week during the regular season and playoffs to discuss all things Buffalo Bills related. And I think we've got a pretty good one for you this week. We are going to discuss our notes from the NFL Scouting Combine, which is everybody's favorite, things that are going on around the NFL. And we're also going to talk about the fact that fans seem really excited about Leslie Frazier not coming back to the Buffalo Bills' defensive defensive coordinator. But first, what is the good word, Big Newt? What up, though? Good to be back with you, man. It's this bi-weekly stuff is getting to me, man. I miss you, man. No, right? You know, you can call or text or you know send a carrier pigeon anytime you like, but it's not quite the same as when we aren't here on the microphone, right? Yeah, yep. But I like coming back with you, man. Getting out to the fans and stuff and talking all things Bills football, man. I miss Bills Mafia during the off season, man. I tell you. But we one thing about NFL, man, they do a great job of keeping you with content. And a lot of things has transpired over the last couple of weeks, beginning with did we even talk about this where YouTube is taking over in the NFL? Uh no. Take for the NFL, you know. Tell me. What's going on there? So, yeah, YouTube is taking over. I mean, you don't have to have DirecTV to get the NFL package. And I think now, man, I think it's, everybody's going to pretty much cut the cord and go ahead and go uh, uh, streaming uh, for their content, man. So it took me a long time to cut the cord, man. I wasn't with it, but now, man, we've been with YouTube TV for, what, two years now? I think mm-hmm. we did it over, over uh, COVID. And so I love it, man, and, and the fact that you can get uh, NFL, the NFL package, man, in everybody's homes, man, it's going to blow it up. So I think that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that. I switched over to YouTube TV about four years ago, and I thought it was going to be this big learning curve for me. And really, it's just like watching cable TV. It you is. just do it differently. It comes over the internet instead of a wire into your house. Yep. Yep. And you know, as we get older, man, a lot of people don't like change. Once again, I'm 50 this year. <laughs> um, it was hard for me because that's all I knew was cable. You right. Know? And it's like, I'm on my computer all the time and I and I love it, man. Like you said, it's a seamless transition. Sometimes, you know, you'll get the little, you know, circle like, oh, it's streaming, you know, it's trying to, you know, not streaming, it's uh, buffering. And so yeah. you'll get that every now and again. But it, I mean, if you have high speed internet, it's really basically no difference. So. Mm-hmm. And then you get, and then you can TiVo things, or you can record things as much as you want, man. So that you know, you don't, you know, with TiVo and cable, you only get so many hours of recordings and stuff. So it's better in that uh, standpoint. But yeah, I think I think everyone is going to have an NFL package. So that, that's what makes me think of like what's going to be the future of going to the bar and watch the game when you can have it all right there in the comfort of your home. Well, you yeah. could before though too with. Uh, um... The NFL package on with Direct TV, Direct TV, yeah, that's but what see, I was trying to think of. You could before, yeah, but that's the difference. Though. That's what I'm trying to say. This is different because people didn't want to switch over to Direct TV. Some people did, but a lot of people didn't because they didn't want to deal with Direct TV. They wanted uh, regular cable, right? Direct TV, you Direct had to TV have that 
offering streaming service too. So you didn't even have to have a dish anymore. Oh, see, you see, you you know, you're talking about the new stuff. I'm talking about us old people, the old <laughs> farts back in back in uh, 2005, 2006, where you still had to have oh, the right. dish and stuff, you know. So yeah, I see what you're saying. You're saying they offer the stream streaming option. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you. you don't see dishes anywhere anymore. Like they used to be hanging out of people's windows and people fill up their five gallon bucket with sand and like a post in it and have it like you see the coax coming down from their apartment window on the third floor. And <laughs> well, I'm embarrassed to say this, but yes, you do still see plenty of them. But when you when you see them, you know, they're from people, old people. Yeah, like absolutely. my parents, my parents still got it. Like they're not gonna ever stream. They're, they're, they're see for them. My you know my dad's eighty, about to be eighty one next month. Yeah, he he don't want no change. Like if we went to streaming, that'll be like that'll blow his mind. Mm-hmm. So he like no, nah, I'm just gonna stick with cable. This is what I know. I don't want to change. I know I'm paying twice as much as I probably should be, but I yeah, I'm not gonna learn how to stream and everything on a computer. Well, I my mean, parents he, got a condo in Florida done by your wife's family and of course they they, do they decided to cut the cord down there and they're like oh this is this is no different than than cable i just you know i turn the tv on i click input and yeah then i've got my screen just like i do with cable tv i i don't know i i was probably a little slower doing it than i should have been because of the fear of the unknown that you're talking about i'm not a i'm not a an early adopter of any technology because Me you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a, an easily frightened little ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. I don't, I don't, people don't like change, man. People don't like to adapt. You know, you, you get comfortable in what you know. It's kind of like the XFL, mm. you know, someone offered us tickets to the XFL game. You know, they played, uh, the DC team played the St. Louis team. I guess they're two good teams. Yep. They played there this weekend at the new soccer stadium. It's like, hey, you want to go to the game? I'm like, no, I'm not getting into the XFL. Like, to me, you got to be around for a couple of years before I get involved. Like, I, you're not going to get my hopes up. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And the next thing you're gone, you fold it. I'm like, no, I don't do that. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's like that for marriages, too. I've told people, like, your second marriage, man, I spent all this money, flew my family out there. And I know I'm probably talking about some of my friends that's listening to this podcast. And I flew my family all out there for a destination win. And then you get divorced, that next marriage, no. I was like, I'll come to your ten year. I'll come to your ten year anniversary party. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. So I, I look at my life as the same way. Like, no, sir. Like, you're gonna have to, you know, yeah, be I around for a while. Drake. For a, you know, Seinfeld reference. You said what? I said I hate the Drake. Hate the Drake. Seinfeld reference. Yeah. Okay. Never heard of that. Okay. Yeah, so some of our listeners will definitely know what I'm talking about there. Gotcha. Um, now, the interesting thing about about people not liking change, and th- that's somewhat universal. Th- there's not a lot of people that thrive on it. Uh, some do better with it than others. Most people take their time with things because change is painful. In fact, a lot of people will make choices in their life to maintain bad situation. Because their negative situation is preferable to them than the pain that would be caused by adjusting to something new. Now, as fans, though, we seem to have the exact opposite reaction when it comes to teams. Because 
fans want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And mm-hmm. what am I doing here? I am transitioning Transition. into the topic of who do you think? D coordinator, Leslie Frazier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Tim Graham wrote a piece about this, and he caught a lot of flack. But what he did is he referred to fans as fickle. And he interviewed one of the remaining defensive coaches on the Buffalo Bills. And that coach said that it was embarrassing how excited fans are to see Leslie Frazier step away. So for those that aren't familiar with it, Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator over the past five seasons, decided he needs a year off from the NFL. Mm -hmm. And he's taken it. As he should. He's 64 years old. He's been a head coach. He's been a defensive coordinator for years and years. He played in the NFL as a cornerback for the vaunted 1985 Bears defense. One of the most respected guys in the NFL. Newt, what is going on here? People want change. Obviously, last year, it was Super Bowl of bus for us. And so, to run it, just bring it, bring band back, um, Fans don't want to hear it. And I and I guess I kind of understand it. Um, you think that you want change, and sometimes people think change is better. All right. I got friends that's divorced now, and they're out here trying to do Tinder and, and eHarmony and all these things, and they like <laughs> man, be old if they're doing eHarmony. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. These, I don't I don't even dare to try to look it up because I don't want my wife to be like, oh, what you do look at the search engine? Like, what are you looking at eHarmony for? So I just stay away from it, right? It's smart. <laughs> so they talk about these things and and I and to a man, man, they say if I would have known it was this bad out here in these streets, I would have just stayed with my my wife or husband. So, <laughs> you know, I the way I look at it with Leslie Frazier, right? We we were one of the top defenses in the league for much of his tenure. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when we played the good teams, it didn't always transition. That's the uh, you know. That's being critical of them. That's the criticism of it. I get it, you know. My only thing is this, right? So this happened last week. We have not hired as of our recording. We still, what, we got about two more hours here on Tuesday, March 7th, uh, before the uh, the deadline that we were trying to wait to our recording, uh, go toward uh, closer to the deadline to see if people were going to franchise tag people so we could give you as up-to-minute uh, information as we could. So it's about 1.30 on the East Coast on Tuesday. So we have not hired a defensive coordinator. So Josh Reed wrote that um, the scuttlebutt around the combine was that McDermott was going to call the defense. People at this combine mm-hmm. uh, believe that McDermott's going to call the defense. That might be problematic for me. Explain. We know that McDermott has problems with his game management. Can we agree on that? I absolutely agree with that. He has gotten much better. Right. He's improving. He's learning on the job, which we thought that when we hired him, he was going to be learning on the job. And he's gotten better. Okay. But as a head coach, if you're calling, you got the responsibility of calling the defense, right? You're in the meeting room. You're devising the weekly plans. I feel like that's going to hinder his development as a head coach, perhaps. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Hopefully he tackles it. Everything is seamless and everything is hunky-dory because he is a good D coordinator, right? 
he, you know, he cut his teeth on being a D coordinator. That's why he got hired because his defensive prowess. And his other uh, head coaches, Dennis Allen, Ty Boyles of the Bucks, and uh, Brandon Staley of the Chargers, who also are head coaches that call the defense. So it can work. My only thing is that worries me here in March is, is he going to be able to wear both hats? Is it going to be a seamless transition? You know, so I worry about that. Now, granted, he's, I feel like we're going to have more continuity with our defense. Um, and maybe he could make it step up a notch more than Leslie Frazier. Going back to Leslie Frazier, though, is you stepped away because he's older. You're like, hey, I can't do it. And the question to me is, is he going to come back? Well, he said he will coach again in 2024, but he did not say where. So I want to back up a couple steps. And you mentioned it, the success that the Bills defense has had under Leslie Frazier. Mm -hmm. They have been a top one or two defense four out of the five years he has been in Buffalo. Nothing to sneeze at right there. Now, it is well known that this is still Sean McDermott's defense, though. Would would you agree with that? I would agree. Leslie Frazier may be the play caller, but the game planning is Sean McDermott's. He's a control freak. He's a defensive guy. This is how it's done. This is the Sean McDermott defense. Leslie Frazier hasn't done anything that he wasn't instructed to do, but his players love him. They believe he's a great leader. He's really mentored Sean McDermott, I think, in a lot of ways to help him become a better head coach. And there's that was one of the big reasons he was hired in the first place by McDermott was McDermott knew that he needed a mentor in the building. Right. This has been a very trying season for members of the Buffalo Bills organization for so many reasons. You know, you've got you've got blizzards and deaths and injuries and an owner suffering suffering uh neurological damage and there's a lot. And, and I can see him looking at it saying, God, I just need to catch my breath a little bit. But here are Bill's fans jumping on this bandwagon of Leslie Frazier's got to go. You know, the Bills only scored 10 points against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. If you score 10 points, you're not going to win in the playoffs for, for the most part. And if you look at the Bills offensive output over the last two seasons, in the playoffs, it hasn't been outstanding until you got to the Chiefs game last year, when in which neither defense was neither defense played in the second half. Be careful what you ask for, Bills fans. You wanted to get rid of a guy who you perceive to be a problem. Most of that, and this was pointed out by Thad Brown, because he was the only scapegoat. The offensive coordinator was chosen by the quarterback. McDermott and Bean are not going anywhere. You can't right. get rid of the QB because, you know, everybody loves Josh Allen. So who can you get rid of? Everybody calls for their pound of flesh when the team doesn't succeed at the end of the season. And that that pound of flesh is coming in, in the form of Leslie Frazier. And I'm telling you, be careful what you ask for, Bills fans, because you lost a great leader, and now you might have a head coach trying to take on too much, 
and it could be a problem, just like you said. I totally agree. And like you said, I I, I don't think he's going to come back. I don't think so either. Okay. <laughs> as long as we understand it. I think it's one of those things like when you leave a job, I don't know, you probably ever, never got fired from a job. but um, Oh, no, I, I, I get fired all the damn time. <laughs> but you know how they tell you uh, if something happens, okay, just, you know, take the day. We'll call you later on. That means you're fired. They just don't want you to act crazy and, you know, do nothing crazy in front of them. It's better to, you know, let you know that it's not going to work over the phone than in somebody's face. <laughs> so to save face, they're like, oh, he's going to take a year off. He's not coming back. That's just like the boss is selling. And once again, I'm not trying to compare the Celtics situation to, to us at all. But the Celtics coach, when they was like, all right, we're going to suspend him for a year. You should have just just fired him because we knew that he wasn't coming back. We knew he wasn't coming back. It's the same with Leslie Frazier. Yep. He's not coming back. So they just didn't want to say we parted ways. We just didn't want to say, you know, he fired and he quit. No, we just say, oh, he's going to take a year off. He's played on his age. I'm not sure I agree. If they were going to get rid of him, they would have done it right after the season. And Brandon Bean said that if he wanted to come back, he was definitely going to be the D coordinator this year. This is entirely Frazier's decision, I I think. Mm. Okay. That's looking at it positively, I guess. Well, sure, but then why did he choose to walk away? Right. Why Why would you choose to walk away then and just quit? Um, I've, I've read some things okay. and, you know, his reason for wanting to get out is, you know, he wants to be a head coach. That's not coming to fruition. That's weighing on him. Again, it was tough being the, a member of the bills organization with all the drama that they had off the field and even on the field. Right. Uh, I, I get it. Also, he's been doing it for five years. You know, he's nearing retirement age. Maybe he's thinking. You know, just want to recharge the batteries and then try something else. Yeah. Maybe he feels like being a defensive coordinator is holding it back from getting a head coaching job. Hmm. Maybe. And we'll see. I guess, you know, I guess the future tells us. Kind of like Airbnb. You see Airbnb going to the commanders. Right. Lateral move. That's not even lateral. He took a step back, I think. Sure. You know, but he feels like as long as he's in Kansas City, you know that he ain't going. He's never going to get the credit he deserves for calling the offense. You know. But did you so. see what Lashawn McCoy had to say about him? Yes, I did. Oh man, he yes. does not like the man, does he? He, he does not. And I feel like Eric Bieniemy trying to be a head coach. He t- he took it, and he did. You see his response to it? It was totally classy. He was like, "Well, oh, yeah, he's to his his opinion, and I love Sean McCoy. He's a Hall of Famer. That I love that." Because you know that's what I do. I kill you with I kill you with love. Yeah, I kill you with love. Even but McCoy people... was like, yeah. "Hey man, Bianami, he just doesn't know how to talk to people. That's not his offense. He doesn't make any decisions. And right. again, he mistreats people." Right. And I'm like, well, <laughs> but Shady probably feels he probably feels slighted going to Kansas City. So, and Eric Bianami being a former great running back himself, a great collegiate running back. Rather, I mean, he probably had words for Shady, like, tuck the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're holding like a loaf of bread, and then Shady probably took exception to that. Like, how you going to tell me I'm a Hall of Famer? 
So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just being funny now. But yeah, um, I feel like he did a great job. And I, I hope he does well with Washington. So sure. I do. Because I feel like he's I, – I like people who put their time in, man. You know, you grind it out and you get an opportunity. So, you mm-hmm. know. I look, people like Vic Fangio. I'm sorry? People like Vic Fangio. going to the Dolphins as a defensive coordinator. That is a very underrated move that really concerns me, as a matter of fact. The guy, okay, he didn't have a ton of success as a head coach in Denver, but he's a great defensive coordinator, and people just generally love him. So great defensive coordinator going to Miami. Got to worry you a little bit. Do you worry more about that, or do you worry about Aaron Rodgers speaking to the Jets today? Uh, boy, that's a toughie. I, I feel like if you're a legitimate quarterback, they're a playoff team. I think so, too. And I'm worried, I think, man. I, I think I'm both worried. the Dolphins and the Jets challenge for the divisional crown if if it works out that way. Yeah. So, in case y'all haven't heard, that uh, the Green Bay Packers, uh, they granted Aaron Rodgers uh, permission to talk to the New York Jets. So, that's what we're going to be dealing with now. So. Yeah. Would he look okay in a Jets helmet? Or should he just call it quits? It's very difficult to tell somebody when they should shut it down. We've talked about this before in the offseason. It's difficult. You know, from a player standpoint, you play football all your life. This is really all you know. Look how hard it was for Tom Brady to walk away. He came back. All right. Us as fans, you we think that you should just go out while you're on top. Go out leaving us wanting more. Like Barry Sanders, like Calvin Johnson, like Jim Brown, like those guys, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don't stick around long enough to where you're getting cut by teams. A la Jerry Rice. Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy. Uh T.O. Andre Reed. Andre Reed, like you, like Terrell Owens is still out there running, trying to get a workout. Like, dude, you were, you're a hall of famer. <laughs> you're a hall of famer. Like, so, it, it, but I get it though, because great people, uh, they always feel like that they, they're watching the game. Like, man, I can go out there and do that. And you might be able to, you know, is, 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 well, is Terrell Owens better than our fifth receiver. Is, is, is Terrell Owens today better than Jake Kumar? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying? But, but you're not going to – we're not going to bring Terrell Owens in for a fifth receiver. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why Jerry Rice, like, dude, we can't bring you – we can't bring the best receiver all time in to be our fifth receiver. That, mm. it, that just doesn't happen. You can't do it. We can't – Tim Tebow – we can't bring you in to be a backup. You're too electric. You're too, you know, like you're a lightning rod. We will be answering questions about you on game weeks every week until you play. So sometimes your success can kill you at the end of the uh, at the end of your career. That's why people go from great to out the league so quickly, a la mm-hmm. Chad Johnson, right? So bringing that back full circle. Also, I'm going out on a rant. Excuse me. Like, so I don't even know what my point was. What was my point? What were well, we talking about? We were saying, would 
would Aaron Rodgers look okay in a Jets yes, helmet? That was it. So you you asked me, um, should he just walk away or would he look good in a Jets helmet? If he goes to the Jets and leads them to the playoffs, then no, he shouldn't have walked away. But if he goes there and they're just bad, just like they are with the young boy they got now, then yeah, he should have just walked away before you look like that. Well, he's not going to look like that. Well, well, then he should continue playing. If he can lead them to the playoffs, then why not? And they got a great defense, dude. They got a good team. And we can both admit, if the Jets get him a quarterback, I have no doubt in their mind that they'll make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. He's got to be committed, though. And that's the reason why Green Bay doesn't want him back. I've read a number of articles on this uh, written by Tyler Dunn with his Go Long newsletter. They soured on him because they, they basically took a guy who was ready to retire gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. They're going to pay him $150 million over three seasons, and he couldn't say no to that, even though he didn't want to play anymore. And then he acted like a guy who didn't want to be there. True. He was skipping workouts. He was talking shit. He wasn't working hard. He let his body uh, fall by the wayside. And he was a jerk on top of it all, you know, Mm -hmm. criticizing people and, and all the rest of it. He's got the golden handcuffs. He has to keep playing because he wants the money to keep coming in. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why the Packers want to get rid of him because they they saw him hang it up and quit on his team while being a diva. That's fair. If he goes to a different team, would it light a fire under him? Man, probably. He's playing in the same division as Josh Allen, probably wants to try showing him up twice a season. Even though they're, you know, they're clearly good friends. Friends always compete with each other. You compete with me all the damn time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, I think it would be interesting to see him with the talent as long as they can build an offensive line for him. And to your point, look how, look how he looked before they uh, drafted Love. And it's like mm-hmm. they used the first round pick to supplant him. And then next year he became MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're right yeah so you're right man sometimes you need to change to light a fire maybe he gets bored I don't know maybe he's so disenchanted with the organization that he do have something in the tank he just had to be somewhere else the other side of this is Jordan Love is ready he's he's ready to perform he's going to be a great quarterback this year mm-hmm. okay. that's they're, they're in love with him out in Green Bay this is really yeah they're absolutely in love with him out there. They think that this is going to be another far to Rogers type of transition. Okay. Okay. So we've talked about Leslie Frazier. We've gone on the division tangent a little bit because that's always relevant. The damn combine. Yes. Running around in their underwear. Running around in their shorts. Making themselves look like stars, even though the only thing you should be concerned about is their tape. <laughs> you have a problem with the combine, don't you? I, I, you know, my only issue with the combine is that people people look at the combine and make decisions based on exclusively that. Like, did you see how fast he ran? Like, Justin Ross becoming a top 10 pick. It's because he ran a 4-2, not because he was a good player. Right. It's like, what are you doing? And we've talked about this at nauseam this time of year. 
guys, their tape says third, fourth round pick, but their shorts and body and abs and 40 times and vertical jumps say top 10 pick. Right. And sometimes it works out for you, you know? I mean, a lot of people doubted. A lot of people doubted Josh Allen. Yes. Right? When he came out. But Josh Allen went into a great situation. Mm -hmm. All right? He had a great coach. All right? And we went out and got him a great weapon. And and it's worked so far. Right? Mm -hmm. Everybody doesn't have that luxury. Just like when we talk about the salary cap and drafting, when you pay your quarterback, you better have a good GM that could draft Mm because you need cheap labor. When you take a flyer on a quarterback, when you look at this film, because what's, what's your bedrock? When, you, when a quarterback comes out, I'm getting somewhere with this. Work with me. Your bedrock is what? That I want my quarterbacks to throw 60% in college, right? You've always said that, right? I've always said it has to be at least 60% completion. So, yeah. Okay. So, and I know I'm, I'm getting a little ahead, but let's talk about one of the biggest winners of the combine this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's the quarterback from uh, – from uh, Florida. Yes, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. And, and let me interrupt you for a moment. Okay. The combine, the way people view it drives me nuts. That does not take away my pure awe and excitement over incredible athletic performances. So that feeds right into Anthony Richardson here. <laughs> exactly. And, and once again, I know you're going to talk about it, but um, I'm probably getting ahead of you. Oh, go ahead. But – He's he's the one. Like his tape, he he threw like four thousand yards. Something no, did he even throw that much? He threw for like whatever seventeen touchdowns, like almost ten picks, and he mm-hmm. threw fifty three percent. I know that for a fact. That I was like this dude because I watched him. I watched Florida. I saw the Florida State. Like so, I didn't see like an NFL quarterback. All right, but he gets there. He gets to the combine. Um. He, I know he jumped like – and you got to excuse me. This year, usually I look forward to the combine, and I sit there and watch it all day, every day, the whole week. This is the first time that I didn't really take time to watch much of it. I just saw the recaps and stuff. Uh, obviously, because you're busy with the children. But then I'm like, we're we're drafting 20 – what, 28th, 26th? 27th. 27th. And so I'm like, okay, I'm not really concerned, whatever. And then some of it is – Brandon Bean is just going to take the best player. That's his thing. He's going to take the best player available versus our need. So that really takes away the excitement of the draft for me. Yeah, you really don't know how the late first round is going to fall. Yeah. So many variables. It's too many variables. But usually when we drafted in the top 10, we were all glued to it. Like, I'm like, oh, I want to see. I want to see who's available. Oh, we're going to get this guy. We need to get this guy. Let's make a trade and all this stuff. So now – with our success, it makes the draft more anticlimactic. I mean, I'm going to watch the draft because I enjoy the draft, but uh, the combine, like, I, I this is the first time in a long time I didn't tune in to almost, like, nearly none of it. Nearly none of it. Well, I didn't watch much either, and I, that, that was by design because it's hypnotizing. I could sit there listening to – Rich Eisen talk about these guys all day. He's like, and now we're going out of the field and so and so. And that was a 4.45. All right. Yeah. And, th- and then they talk about it. Why do I find that exciting? <laughs> I don't even know. It sucks me in. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, going back to Richardson, this is the guy yeah. who probably made himself more money than anyone this year. Yes. And let's talk about some of these performances that we saw. Mm-hmm. He came in at uh, at 244 pounds. He's 6'4". He weighed in at 244 and then ran a 4.4340. His vertical was 40 and a half inches and his broad jump was, was 10 feet nine inches bananas that's insane about 10 percent body fat he's chiseled like a linebacker oh also he could chuck the ball 75 yards yes and and what's the one player everybody is going to compare him to from now through the first five years of his career i'm hearing lamar jackson i'm hearing josh allen everybody's going to say josh allen because his completion percentage in college was the same. Right. The difference being Josh Allen played in a lot of games. Richardson hasn't even played one full season. Right. So does he just need more time and experience? Can a team conceivably draft him and put him on the field? If you draft somebody like this in the top 10, can you sit him for a year? That's what. That's why going back to what I said, you need to go. He needs to go to. If you're going to take a top ten pick on him, then you need to make sure everything around him is right to, for him to succeed. If not, he's going to be a bust. Based on I will his, say that based on his performance, that. he should not go in the first round. He was totally inconsistent, and you know people like they're trying to compare him to Cam Newton because they're huge. And they have a small sample size. But the difference is Cam Newton brought Auburn to the national championship with a team that wasn't even that good. And Florida was middle of the road. Right. And, you know, Cam Newton carried a team. And Richardson hasn't done that. Right. But you get enamored what you see in in the staff. Once again, I just believe like he's the type of person he needs to go to the right situation. Mm-hmm. And and I believe this, and a lot of people disagree with me, and I said, I'll take it. I believe Mahomes the same thing. No one was checking for Mahomes like that in college. Right. But you team him with Andy Reid, who once again he's proven he's a hall of, he's a, gonna be a Hall of Fame coach, mm-hmm. all time wins, all, and he did it with McNabb. Yep. He's done it. So you got to get a coach, a good QB coach, a good OC. Somebody's going to take the time. You got to get have a good GM that's going to get him weapons and protect him. And can he succeed? But that's the thing. A lot of bad teams don't have that situation. That's exactly it. They're lacking <laughs> the infrastructure. They lack the infrastructure. That's why they don't. That's why people feel. Now you got some people who are. What's what's the word I'm trying to say? I'm probably say transformation, transformational talent. That's what I want to say. Right. They they have that type of talent, a la John Elway when he came out, mm-hmm. slapped the table, hands down. This dude gonna be a Hall of Famer, and yep. he was. Uh, uh, Andrew Luck, sure. People yeah. felt like that about him. You know what I'm saying? Everybody like it's some people who no matter where you go, you're gonna succeed. Period. Slap the table. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, hey. Like, once again, Josh Allen. Uh, I believe Lamar Jackson like that. If Lamar Jackson didn't have his OC, our former OC, 
I don't think he'd be succeeding. He would not be MVP. If Josh Allen didn't have uh Brian uh, the Giants coach. Brian if he Dable. Brian Dable, okay, if he didn't have Brian Dable, then I don't think he would look how he looked. No, you saw it the first year when he had Rick Dennison. Exactly. So it's people thank you for bringing that up. People got to understand it's most of the time it's your situation. Yes. A lot of people can't a lot of people can't succeed against ba- a bad situation and that's okay. But us as fans look, oh, he's just a bust. It's not his fault. Look at Carr, and, and I'm going to bring this up. Carr just signed with the Saints mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Four years, a hundred something million. Or did he get a hundred million guarantee? He got a hundred million guarantee. Mm-hmm. All right, and also uh, the kid in Seattle too. So yes, Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Smith is a great example. Geno went to a terrible franchise, was thrown yeah. in too early, goes to Seattle, sits on the bench. Finally gets a chance to start with a good head coach and some good weapons around him. And he was surprisingly good, a dude who everybody thought was just a journeyman and a bust. Yes. And in contrast to that, look at that with Russell Wilson. Went to the Super Bowl, threw all those yards in Seattle, and now they almost he's one step away from being out the league because he left because he thought it was him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Denver. You're going to give me my parking space. You're going to give me an office. I need my own personal guy there. Yeah. Now look at him. How many games Denver won last year? With him on the field? What, four? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now they got Sean Payton coming in, though. So hopefully sure. he, hopefully he can resurrect uh, Wilson's career. But it's situational, man. Success is situational nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Now, you might have somebody like, Le- and I always say, you might have somebody like LeBron James. LeBron James, you could have put him anywhere and he would have won. He would have won. But people knew anywhere. that about him when he was in ninth grade. Exactly. Said, this is going to be one of the best players we have ever seen. And yeah. he didn't disappoint. And he has succeeded those lofty expectations. Mm-hmm. And so that's why people like Russell. I'm, I'm picking on Russell Wilson, and it's bad because he's from Richmond, Virginia. But – he thought he he thought it was him, and I get it, man. You're a handsome guy, curly hair. You got a beautiful, uh, beautiful celebrity wife. Yeah, you get that. But look at it, dog. You can go ahead and go. He got paid, gave up a bunch of draft picks, and Seattle still succeeded. So we got a quarterback who's giving me what you gave me at half the price, and I got all different picks. Am Genius. I wrong to say Genius. that Russell Wilson's wife Sierra is one of the most beautiful women in the world? No. Okay. Because I'm sure a lot of people would agree with you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. So I just, going back, I just think it, he, going back to the Richardson again, I just be like, believe that if he goes to the right situation, he needs a great situation. If he don't, I, I don't see him succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, just ask Fields in Chicago. <laughs> He's running around for his life. Yes, he is. You know, and it ain't his fault, man. It is, it's not his fault. But you need a good coach, good GM, man. Put talent around. Protect that guy. Give him a, give him a weapon to see. Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like we've done a bad job with that once again with Josh Allen. We don't protect him like we should, man. I, I agree. Let, let's talk about some, some other performances that yes. probably made people money. Yes. Did you see the big tight end out of Georgia, Darnell Washington? I did not see that. Oh my God. What do you do? 6'7, 264 pounds, 
He's got a 34 and three quarter inch arms. He ran a 4.6440 yard dash, which was the fastest amongst tight ends. The 20 yard shuttle. Can you explain what the 20 yard shuttle is? It takes a lot of quickness. So you go back and forth, back and forth, and then you sprint through. So it te- it tests how quickly you can move, shift yourself and your weight from left to right quickly. Which I, I think is a great exercise, especially for linebackers. You know, it's mm-hmm. how, how quick can you go from waiting to taking off? He did mm-hmm. that. Okay, Darnell Washington at 6'7", 264. Did the 20-yard shuttle in 4.08 seconds. It was the third fastest in the entire combine at that size. And he destroyed the blocking sled like no other (laughs) tight end I've ever seen. He moved that thing like seven yards and looked like it wasn't even putting forth effort, whereas you you see tape of the other tight ends, and they can barely move the thing three yards. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Oh, and then he made, in in the the pass-catching drills, he made this unbelievable pirouetting one-handed catch while tiptoeing the sideline. Had everybody everybody in the place screaming. Nice. Dude made himself money. Yes. And when you're a great athlete, you could do that, man. Mm-hmm. You say he's 6'7". 6'7", 267. Is that right? Mm, 276. 264. Okay. And you say he ran what in a 40? 4.64. Do you know what he's projected at? They were talking about him going in the second round, and now they're saying, well, he might have pushed himself into late first round consideration because he takes pride in being like a sixth offensive lineman. Gotcha. The interesting thing is Georgia didn't use him – to run very many routes. Like his route tree was extremely limited in college. And so now they're talking about he might make it to the first round. Yeah. How would you feel if the Bills took him? I don't know. Can yeah. Can Dorsey figure out how to uh, use two tight ends? I feel like we tried to do that at times with O.J. Howard. Hmm. In the preseason? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I think uh, I think Morris has some talent. Okay, and I I don't want to see him pushed. I don't think I want to see him pushed down the depth chart too far. Oh, another player who was really good was um, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. He was uh, really good in receiver. the quickness drills. Yeah, the receiver. Receiver, yeah. The, the shuttle time and uh, the three-cone drill. Uh, his 20-yard shuttle was the best since uh, 2013, and his three-cone drill was uh, the best at this year's combine. So he's like not a fast straight-line guy, but he's really good at get, getting open because he's got so much body control. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, yeah, the Bills should draft him. They've been saying for a while, that dude's not getting out of the top 15. Right. Yeah. But what what does what do you think the combine should count for? I think it should count for once again it, it can't be the end all be all. It's just a piece of the puzzle when you're evaluating talent. All yeah. right. I believe like you like you and I talked to this about this at nauseum since so we've known each other. It should be about what you see on film. Mm-hmm. All right. And so the draft should be only thing that should do is just 
reaffirm what you see on film. So if you think if you don't think a kid could play, but in certain situations, I, I don't want to give that hot take because you're right. In certain situations, if your college didn't use you right and they see the athletic ability and some guys feel like I could coach this. Like if you give me this speed, if you give me this quickness, if you give me this catch radius, I could coach this guy up to be a, uh, you know, be a player. And mm-hmm. you see that sometimes. I guess I'm just looking at it from the average point of view. Like, but I'm not a person that take a lot of chances, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why I'd be thinking, you know, and we're going to talk about this more as the draft comes up next, uh, later on next month. I believe, like, say what the scouts say. Like, say, do what Mel Kuyper and those guys say. Do what they say. When you don't do that, then you better be right. Because if you're wrong, then you're going to say that, hey, man, everybody told you don't take this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you believe that you could take the guy, like you said, John Ross, right? Ran a four two. Was that John Ross? I said Justin, but yes, it's John Ross. Yeah, John Ross ran a four two something. Man, at that time, it ain't a whole lot of people running four twos. Now there's a lot more people running four twos. I think I believe the, uh, the kid from Michigan ran like a four low four two. Yeah, you know, but John it's Ross got- couldn't run routes or catch. <laughs> right. But they feel like, okay, give me that speed. I can coach them up. That's how these guys Coaches think. are so arrogant that way. They are. They're arrogant. They make all this money. But what people in the world who make a lot of money don't, aren't arrogant? Coaches make great money. So they feel like they can do it, which, I mean, some of them do. We do see it sometimes. But the average, they, it doesn't work. No, it so, doesn't. I, I think the combine should be used to verify certain things. Mm-hmm. For example, you can look at a player who's borderline. Let's say it's a receiver. And you can say, you know, he's a good receiver, but I'm not sure he looks fast enough for the NFL. And then you go to the combine and you see either, okay, he, it's now verified. He ran a 4-7. That's not fast enough to be a receiver in the NFL. Right. Or you look at it and you say, it's borderline, but okay, wait a minute. He ran a, a four four eight. Okay, there's something here we can work with because he's at least fast enough. And we were his playing speed might be slower than than his 40 time, but that is something we can work with. So maybe we spend a low round pick on this guy. Mm-hmm. To me, that's it, it it should it should be for verification purposes. This guy looks too slow. Yep, it's verified. He is too slow. Or this guy looks too slow. Oh, he's not. There's something else wrong. Can we work with it? Yes or no? Right. Yeah. I but, agree. you know, if you can't catch the ball, you can't be a receiver. Right. Hopefully the next player, yeah. the Bills draft from the wide receiver position has hands like Velcro because they dropped way too many passes this year. Well, you know what receivers, guys that play receivers that can't catch, you know what they are, right? Cornerbacks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're a quarterback then. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's to reinform, reaffirm what you already see on tape. But I feel like the tape should, you know. But like I said, everything, it, it, it could be you in the wrong system. It could be you have bad position coaching. Mm-hmm. It could be all That's those a real things. Thing. Yeah. So. It's a crapshoot how it works, man. But yeah, for him, for the quarterback, man, yeah, he gotta 
have a good situation. I think he could succeed. But you're like, oh, well, no, no, that's Captain Obvious right there. No, duh. I mean, you put a guy in a great situation, hopefully he succeeds. Not all the time. There's been people in good situations that still didn't succeed. They right. could be knuckleheads. Yep. You know, ask John Morant right now. Oh, going to basketball. God, I know. <laughs> I just hit you out of there with no, out of nowhere, didn't I? You did, but there was somebody in the uh, in the NFL draft, or in yeah, that's that was at the combine is in this year's NFL draft and is looking at the same thing. It is right. the defensive end from Georgia. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Carter, something. Jalen Carter. Carter. Jalen Carter. Yep. Oh my gosh! Did, right. did you see what he did? At the combine, Mm-mm. his forty time as a defensive end was four three nine. That is bananas. Yeah, that's faster than a bunch of Hall of Fame hall- wide receivers that are playing right now. <laughs> like they they showed it. They, you know they they do the the simulcast run running. Uh, he they put him on the screen with Stephon Diggs and. DeAndre Hopkins, and he outran both of them. Hopkins by a mile. Right. But eh, he cost himself probably the most money by getting arrested for, what was it, uh, a car accident he was in? Is that the st- yeah. how the story goes? Yeah, he was in a car accident where – after they won the national championship and uh, one of his teammates and one of the staffers at UGA uh, died as a result. So, yeah, I mean, so he's – I don't know exactly the story, but basically he's dealing with that. So before this, people thought he was going to be maybe the number up to number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's with him being accused of having a part in that, and I think uh, – we don't know. Yeah, you know, so we, we don't know how that's going to turn out. But uh, yeah. not only that 40 time, but at 6'2", 238, he also had a 41 and a half inch, half inch vertical leap. His broad jump was 10'8". And the article I was looking at said, these are amazing numbers for a defensive back, much less a defensive <laughs> end. <laughs> exactly. So what did you say he ran in the 40-yard dash? 4.39. Okay. That's Holland, man. Yeah, it is. That's faster than some of the top-rated receivers this year. Right. Oh, buddy, I I know that you wanted to cover things like draft cliches. I don't have the time for it, so I'm going to need to wrap up here. Sounds good, man. So I guess we'll catch you all in a couple weeks, and we'll discuss the draft, man. So to Bill's Mafia, hey, 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 hey. Shout out to uh, Sal Capaccio.